So this is the Pro Mum podcast where I speak to professional mums in the creative industries about how they're juggling being um, successful in both their career and parenting. Today's extremely exciting. It's my first ever podcast and I'm speaking to Natasha Taylor, who's Head of Brand and Communications from Drum London. Um, I work with Natasha and she's incredibly talented, um, and, but I was in, particularly intrigued when she said she decided to have children um, later on. So um, yeah, let's, let's find out why. For. I have actually coming up to five years next week. I've been told, so I get some vouchers. It's <laughs> <laughs> you, a lucky, lucky me. I know. A choice of vouchers? Yes, John or... Lewis or Apple. Three hundred and fifty pounds. So I am very happy today. This is five this years is, next this is good week. News. It is are you going to spend that on yourself or your children? I am actually going to spend it on my children. They have an, an iPad, which uh, they all fight over, and it's smashed, so they've dropped it a thousand times. So um, I'm going to get a new iPad so they can play with that. I know you should be promoting kids and screens, <laughs> but they do have some screen time every now and then, so I'm getting another iPad. Nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> um, and am I right in thinking you've got three girls? Yes, I have uh, Phoebe, who's uh, eight in April, and I have the twins, Willow and Cassia, who are currently five. They're six in August. Okay, so if one of them's five... Two of them are five. Two of them are five. <laughs> okay, oh yes, we've got twins, haven't we? Yes. Um, so... You would have had them at the time of starting here, roughly. Uh, uh, I think I came back to work when they were seven months old. Okay. Yeah. So I literally just had the twins when I started at Drum. Yeah. I was like running back to work because yeah. it was so hard at home. It was actually quite a nice little break. Okay. In the day to day. Did you? Um, did you? consciously decide to change like to come into drum because the other place wasn't right for um for you to have children and try and have a career at the same time yeah so i came i was at one place fell pregnant had phoebe and then left seems to be a pattern that i have and then started a new job after i came back after nine months maternity leave and that was at um a creative agency called the bank and then i fell pregnant with the twins and I was three days a week at the bank and I wanted to come back four days a week because I, I wanted more money and they couldn't support me four days a week so I left after I had the twins and joined Drum, came back four days a week and I've uh, had the Wednesdays off in the middle of the week which works quite nicely because I have two days at work, a day kind of with the kids and then two days off again, it's quite nice balance. Yeah, that's really good. And you say that you took seven and nine months yes. maternity. Is there a reason for not taking the full year? Yeah, mainly financial. I think if I could have taken the full year, 100%, I would have taken the full year. Yeah. But I was kind of the main bread, um, you know, with the earner, the higher earner. So I kind of needed to be back at work, really, to yeah. pay the bills. And did you find that really hard at the time? Um, I think with Phoebe, I definitely could have had a 
taken the extra time off and would have loved it with the twins because I had a two and a half year old and twins it was relentless <laughs> I know you're supposed to enjoy being at home with the kids but it was literally relentless so just having some kind of time out for me I think definitely kept my sanity in place so I didn't mind it so much and I got us kind of super nanny in so I don't know if you've seen on channel four they've got the three-day nanny she was like, I lived in Wandsworth and she was going around to all the twin mums in Wandsworth and doing this kind of program to help the twins sleep. And she came around to my house and got the twins sleeping after six months. So by the time I came back, I was quite well rested. I was sleeping, the kids were sleeping at night. So yeah, it was okay. That's that's interesting. So what, had you signed up for that? Or they they come to you because you were someone that was listed as having... No, so I was or? signed up. I was desperate. They weren't sleeping. They obviously were twins. People think they kind of wake up at the same time, but they don't. They wake up alternatively. So you're kind of looking after one, put them to sleep. Then the other one wakes up. And it, goes, it just goes on and off all night. So you literally wow. don't get any sleep. So I thought I need to get some help. And from the kind of twin Facebook group everyone was talking about this amazing woman and she comes around she does a consultation you pay 250 pounds and she gives you a program that you have two weeks to do and if within that two weeks if they're not sleeping through or not kind of behaving or changing behaviors whatever you wanted her for then she comes in for three nights hence she's the three night kind of nanny okay. and you pay 500 pounds a night so i thought i'm not paying 1500 pounds for you to come and Bounce to my house to help me. This program is literally going to work. I'm going to make sure this program works. So, you know, did the program. After two weeks, they were sleeping through. Rang her up, said, I don't need you. Thank you. And then got back to work. So it was the best £250 I've ever spent. I was going to, like, that's pretty amazing. I know, it was amazing. Could, like, a program that, yeah. like... It was just, we that. were doing things wrong. We were, I wanted to kind of just kind of go with the flow a bit and... You know feed them every four hours and stuff like that but not be so strict if I wanted to go out you know go out and if it meant that feed was half an hour later or they had their naps a little bit later I was a bit too free-spirited with it and it was all about having a really firm routine and you feed them at this time and they sleep for this amount of time and you wake them up at this time and we became complete and utter slaves to the routine but we got our lives back and our sanity back because we were sleeping and so we just had to kind of do that for a year or so. Yeah. Um, because it's also what the twins wanted. They wanted, you know, kids want consistency of when they're going to be fed and when they're going to be put down and stuff like that. So it worked for both of us, I think. Yeah. And how did Phoebe fit into that routine <laughs> as well? She just had to grow up really fast. Oh. <laughs> I think that's probably partly why she's so independent now and she's so you know she just does everything herself and she she hates being helped and she had to grow up super fast you know we had like one each juggling one each and then we had her and she's uh she's always been a, a little warrior a really strong little girl so she was fine she probably thought who are these people that have come into my world and taken over Poor thing. Yeah. Do you try and make sure I have time for her outside the twins? Because, you know, there's two of them, so they can take over sometimes. Yeah, I'm sure. Got to make sure that I have time for Phoebe as well. So is there, um, has there ever been any guilt um, at times of, like, you coming back to work that little bit? 
earlier um, or particular days maybe that you feel it? Um, I think what it's kind of taught me is that I have to, I have to make sure I'm doing something that I really love. Because if I didn't, I would be sat at work wishing I was at home with the kids. Yeah. I would be thinking, what am I doing? Why am I here? I just want to be at home with them. Because in order for something to kind of pull me away from them, it's got to be something, obviously, that I value. So it's made me kind of realise I've got to be around like-minded people, be learning, feel inspired, and, and being quite an, a creative environment. And then where I'm adding kind of value, and then I kind of feel happy being away from them. If I wasn't, if I if they didn't tick those boxes, then I would probably be sat there feeling guilty, wishing I was at home. Yeah. But I've kind of learnt that as the years have gone on. So now I don't feel the guilt really so much. I, you know, I like being able to buy them nice things and take them nice places and stuff like that. And that comes with working. Yeah. You know. So do you? How have you managed childcare then? Because when you first started talking about a nanny, I was like, oh, you've got a nanny. And um, I realised that she was yes. a temporary, yeah. temporary fixture. She was my saviour. Yeah. <laughs> Just for sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we've had, um, right at the beginning, when the twins were really young, had um, a nanny that used to come. She was amazing. And then when we moved out of London, we needed someone that who could drive, could take uh, Phoebe to school. So, and also the kind of Brendan's work had changed and the hours had changed and stuff like that. So it became quite expensive having a nanny. So we had an au pair. So who's kind of living... Uh, we had about four different au pairs over a period of about three years. They kind of have like a nine, ten, you know, twelve months lifespan au pairs before they kind of get bored and right. want to go on to their next thing, which is fine. And I was concerned about the inconsistency with with the girls and them getting close to someone and then they're kind of off again. But kids are super kind of you know flexible and easygoing, and one would come and they'd bond with her and then um, they'd move on to the next one they'd be fine with the next one the only person that kind of gave them a bit of a hard time was Phoebe (coughs) she gave gave them a bit of a hard time she kind of pushed the boundaries she'd test them a bit and she didn't make their lives very easy because I think she resented them being there because she thought if they weren't there mummy would be at home with them whereas I kept trying to explain mummy will will be at work because mummy works so when she kind of understood that, when she was a bit older, she kind of backed off a bit. And how was that process, like trying like trying to find a oh, pair? Painful. Did you just have to go through that like, like hunt? Yeah, really, that, that was hard, actually. I don't, I don't like having to find childcare. So when you have to find a new au pair, or we've got a nanny now, so Brendan's work's changed again, so we, we have a nanny because he's, he only works 14 days of the month, which means... With his shifts, we don't need a nanny very often, which is great. So we've got our house back. Um, and I think that, yeah, when we're having to try and find new childcare, it's just stressful because you think, you know, can I trust this person with my children? Like the first time you leave them on, on their own with this stranger, it's it's really kind of daunting. So um, I'm judging people on their pictures <laughs> The way they look, you know, if I've got a nice feeling about them and then you do an interview and do another interview with the kids to see how the kids react and then you follow through with references. And then other than that, you think, okay, hopefully I've picked the right person. But I find that quite stressful, actually. 
because I think I've probably got deep-rooted trust issues somehow, but I just think, can I trust you? Can you look after my kids? You know, because obviously no one can really look after them as well as you can. But they all have been wonderful, so I've been lucky. Yeah. I guess that's a natural thing, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's like you are just... Like you said, it's as much as you feel like you might know someone really well, yeah, just don't. by meeting them and like you get a good vibe, it doesn't just you just never you just never know. No. Not that I'm then trying to scare yeah, you now. No, you no. Just, you just don't know. I mean our um, nanny now works at the school, so that's good because I know that obviously she's properly vetted, she works at the school, she's she's obviously a good person. But I've had au pairs in the past where I've met them at interviews, really, really liked them. And then they've just not been very good with the kids. They just, it's all, they've kind of put on an act with me and how much they enjoy being around children. And then obviously when you see them with the kids day to day, one nanny, it was was just awful. She just didn't work out at all. So it's really hard to tell. I guess as well, it's like you say, some of them might just be doing it for the money but everyone yeah. with a job is some people do it for the money some people do it because yeah. they love they it they just want to be so in Lo- near London and you know try different cities and countries they've all got different motives haven't they for why yeah. they're doing stuff um, so yeah you just got to hope that they they keep your kids safe that's yeah. all you want for your kids to be safe um, and so f- from that have would you say that's one of the main reasons that you've been able to your career like in terms of so I guess before you had children yeah what did you have a, a, a plan or a routine in mind no my only plan was that um, I wanted to have kids before I was 35 because mm-hmm. you know you have this clock tick this internal clock <laughs> ticking I thought I'll go have kids before I'm 35 otherwise I won't be able to have kids so um, then I got married when I was 30, then I got divorced two years later. So by the time I met my partner now and we had our first child, I was 36. So my plan went completely out the window. But what it meant was that I'd kind of reached a nice place in my career. So I was in a kind of nice senior position. Yeah. So that when I came back, and I came back three days a week, I was able to take a bit of a cut money-wise, but actually it was still enough money for us to live on. Yeah. Whereas if I'd been kind of lower down in my career and wanted to be three days a week, because I, I never wanted to just see the kids at weekends, especially while they were younger. So I always knew I wanted to be three days a week when they when they first had them. But I needed that three days a week. I needed the money I was earning to be enough to pay the bills and stuff. So it actually worked in my favour that I had them a bit older because it meant that I could do three days and still have enough money. Yeah. So the, the plan wasn't quite my plan, but it worked out better. <laughs> <laughs> That's always nice, yeah. isn't it? Um, and how about, because you said that you ended up moving out of yeah. London. Um, so how long is your commute? Now? So, yes, I moved from kind of Clapham me way, Wandsworth way, to Oxford and Surrey. So now the commute's not too bad. It can be an hour on a door-to-door, but that depends if southern trains are running because it's the the worst train line ever. <laughs> so, yeah, if there's a problem with the kids, it is a worry that I am, like, a good hour away. Mm. That that, But then, you know, it is what it is. I can't do what I do locally. I think the thing is, as well, in London, no matter where you are, it always takes, like, half an hour exactly. to get anywhere anyway, doesn't it? So for yeah. that extra half an hour that means yes. that... 
they have got countryside and they have yeah. got you know, yeah, hustle I like, and bustle all the time, and it's nice. I like the balance of kind of working in London, hustle and the bustle, and then being able to get on the train and go out into the countryside and having kind of the best of both worlds. And the kids obviously like, you know, all the space that they have, and we can have a bigger house, obviously, in Surrey, but they like coming into London as well. So sometimes we catch the train to London, and it's just nice having, you know, both things to do, isn't it? Enjoying yeah. both sides of it. Yeah, it's really good. Um, does your partner work in London? No, so he works at Gatwick. Okay. So he's about half an hour, but just he's local, so he can drive to work. So it's always nice. I know that I've got the reassurance that he's only half an hour away. Yeah. If anything happens with the girls. Yeah, yeah. And would you say that this is quite probably a tricky question, but would you say that um, it's been quite equal in terms of? parenting between I think it is definitely now I think at the beginning because he was working nights so he'd be he wouldn't be there during the night and then he'd come home and sleep during the day and then he'd go off to his night shift again so other than his days off it was the au pair and I kind of just juggling stuff but now he's got the kind of 14 days a month shifts it's much more equal because it means that he has like four days off and then he's He's on nights, but by the time he goes to nights, I'm home, and yeah, it just feels that the balance is is much better. But it wasn't quite, it wasn't there at the beginning. It was, I felt like I was kind of probably doing more. Yeah, yeah. Would you say that was like circumstantial though, rather than, or do you think there was an element of expectation? I think a bit of both. Like he's a South African, and not labelling South Africans, but. He would say to me, "You're the mother. They they want their mother." Brother, mother's busy. Can you help me? You know, and I think he does kind of like he did let me kind of be cooking and cleaning and doing all the washing and stuff like that until you know got to a point where I was literally losing my mind and saying, "You gotta help me." And then and now he does most of the cooking, if I'm honest. The only thing he doesn't do is the washing and putting the washing away, but then he does all the garden, so it kind of balances. Like he's got a fair, we've got fair a trade. Fair, trade. A fair trade, yes, <laughs> exactly. But it took a while to kind of get the balance. But um, I just, you know, I just say if I'm not comfortable with something, yeah, get it changed. Because I think that's what, through things that I've read, like quite a lot of women feel that pressure that they have to like you said you're the mum you have to do yeah. it all and it's like no there's there's two of you and it's just working out yeah. what works for you both because some some people naturally do just want to be mums and yeah sure like, that's yeah. that's fine um but like I said other people want to be able to do both yeah <laughs> I mean he would say but you're the mother and I'd be like but you're the dad I mean when has it become my job to you know do everything or like if they're crying in the night to be the only one that gets up and stuff like that as far as I was concerned we take it in turns I'd be like your turn <laughs> I got up last night you get you're getting up tonight so kind of yeah enforce that quite early on because otherwise it's just it's just too much you know working commuting the three kids and then you know the au pairs were quite good because they would help with the cooking and the washing and stuff like that and then when the au pairs left obviously they weren't doing all of that so now we've kind of split those roles now so yeah it's it's, I'm happy with the balance how it is now that's good 
And would you say it's, that's become easier as well as the girls have got yeah. older, I guess? Yeah. Because they don't, they're not relying yeah, on you as much? Definitely. As the kids get older, everything just gets a little bit easier. I mean, I also look at my sisters who've got children who are 12 and 15. Oh, and their lives are just so easy in comparison. <laughs> Everything just seems really, really easy. So I know that things will get easier. I mean, I try and make the girls kind of pick their plates up and put them in dishwasher and stuff like that and to help out a bit as, they, as they're getting older. And all of that kind of takes the pressure off a bit, which is good. So, yeah, life's definitely getting a bit easier. That's good. Um, and did you did you breastfeed? Or? I did. Well, n- not for ages with the twins. I can't remember how. I don't think I... I breastfed with Phoebe for about seven months, I think, and then with the twins, it was just so hard because you're supposed to try and get them to latch on at the same time. I could never get the hang of that. So, I know it was just like it's really hard. And then um, one that Cassia wasn't gaining weight or something, and then they said they suggested going on some formula. And because I literally wasn't getting any sleep, and I'm really grumpy when I don't get any sleep, <laughs> I'm literally one of these people that can't function without sleep. So we decided that we'd have one each, and then we'd alternate it. So one night I'd have Willow, and he would have Cassia, and then we'd, we'd swap it over mm-hmm. the next night. And then we'd both be able to, I'd be able to breastfeed, and he'd be able to do a bottle and then we kind of swapped it and then but after three months I had to we just went to the bottles it was just it was easier and I felt like I was just and you know what's the expression a milk cow or something just yeah. constantly it was just too much life was too hard I didn't want to put that pressure on me so yeah they were they were kind of only three months on the breast for the twins that's, that's which is enough still, yeah, yeah I was going to say at least you um didn't have to come back to work and still no 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 no, um, kind of juggle that. No, past I've that. heard stories. Of, yeah, um, of that kind pump of thing as, as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Going into a meeting room just, oh, to, God, just yeah. to pump and oh. come away again, and someone or something comes no, I was in. Kind of past that stage by the time I got back to work, which was good. That's really good. Um, so, would you say that you owe your success to any particular? like schedule or person um oh my success to put obviously yourself because you've worked through it all but I guess in terms of being able to juggle yeah it, what would you say if there was like one thing that you was like I if I hadn't have had this then I just don't think I'd be where I am right now um I suppose well I suppose the right childcare because you just you live or die by having the right au pairs and the right nannies because otherwise if you didn't trust who you were leaving your kids with you just you wouldn't go to work you'd stay at home and look after them yourselves so having that set up was always the priority before I felt relaxed about coming back to work and you know continuing on my career um but I think that's that's kind of like a, a given rather than I owe my success to it. Have you ever felt that there's been a stigma around you um, asking for like three day weeks or four day weeks or? I haven't actually. No, I've always like as I said, I kind of left maternity leave and then I went straight into new jobs. And in the interview process, 
I always was really clear that I wanted three days or I wanted four days from the offset and always still had the role that I wanted to get. So I wasn't ever told, well, you can come back three days a week, but you can't be head of or right. you can't be director level or whatever. So, and even with drum, after a year, I kind of got promoted to the board. So it, it hasn't there hasn't been a stick of, for me. There might be for other people, but I was quite lucky, I think. Yeah. So you've never felt like going to interviews or anything like that where they've like asked you about whether you're planning, like before you even had children, yeah. where they was like, oh, you're of a certain age, yeah. um, are you planning to have children anytime yeah. soon? Has there ever been anything like that? Yeah, because in my day, when I was having some interviews, you did used to put your date of birth on the CV, whereas now you don't, do you? You don't, you don't even have to say how old you are. But I never, they might have been thinking it, but I never got asked if I was planning to have children and I think if they if they did ask me I think well it's none of their business really if I'm honest Um, and I don't think you necessarily have to give them an answer because you might not even know yourself what you want to do if you're going to be having kids or not but I just think all you can do is kind of show some respect to an employee and if you join a company it's probably not the best idea to fall pregnant three months or four months later but you know planning wise but other than that I think uh, and if I was planning on having a child or that quickly then yeah maybe it would be best to be honest because you know at some point you're going to need some flexibility like all mums do you know there's times when you need to leave early to pick a child up or drop do a school drop off because your nanny's let you down etc etc so there's no point hiding it you want you need to know that they're going to be give you that flexibility yeah and you've always found that you have had that like that no one's ever been awkward around it or if you've been in like a meeting for instance you've been like sorry i've got to leave now because yeah no i haven't I, i mean i sound like i've been really lucky i don't know i just haven't had that i've always been always worked for businesses that have just have that, you know the people in the board level leadership level they've all had kids themselves so they kind of get it like at drum there's there's eight board members and seven of, seven of us have children so at certain points of the month there's always one of us says oh i've got to do school drop off or my child's here i've got to work from home tomorrow and and that goes to the rest of the business so anyone else in drum that's got kids we we get it you just get it as parents that that's what happens and it's about having trust in people that they're still going to deliver and I think because even if I, I went home or if there's a project I would still deliver and they'd know if I said I was working from home they could see I was working from home so I think they trusted me yeah and they could see that I was still gonna I'm not skiving I'm gonna get the job done so therefore it never became a problem that's good that's exactly how it should be yeah I think that a lot of people haven't had that yeah um which, which is a shame. Yeah, sure. Um, so have you had any regrets in terms of your work-life balance? I haven't had any... Well, I get cross with myself sometimes because I do work... I have, I have Wednesdays off at home and sometimes I get a bit sucked in and I end up doing working from home on a Wednesday. It's just right. stupid because I'm not paid for that Wednesday. But it, or equally, I don't want to come back to work the next day and have another whole day to catch up on. So I like to kind of keep ahead of stuff. And I tend to do it when the kids are in school. But really, I shouldn't work at all on a Wednesday. I should just take time for myself and just do something lovely, put myself first for a change, etc., etc. Um, but I need to, I, 
I'm not strict enough with myself. And I end up sending emails, so everyone thinks I'm working and sends me emails back and end up with more work to do. <laughs> but if yeah. I just didn't send any emails out, they wouldn't bother me, I'm sure. It's hard though, isn't it? Because like you said, if you if you've in a job that you actually do love, yeah, then like you say, you've got that passion to keep on top of it. Yeah. And like you say, to make yourself your life easier enough that you've not come in the next day and you're like, Oh my god, what have I got to catch up on? Yeah. Even just being in the know and knowing what you've missed yeah exactly so ready to exactly. take take on thursday like you know i mean part-time it is hard because you do end up doing five days in four because the job doesn't change there's still loads to do and obviously if there's deadlines to meet you can't necessarily move them so if it's your day off and there's some there's a deadline to meet it's, it's just it's got to get done and when you're at a certain level you do just have to kind of get stuck in really you can't say oh, I'm not working today it's my day off when yeah. you know you just have to be professional about things but there are times where I, I don't need to be doing working and I should just shut the computer and spend time with you know quality time with my children or for myself so I need to get better at that that, that is a regret yeah okay so when it's like for instance a pitch situation yeah. or anything like that um and say obviously you've got to be back for your kids but then you're working from home would you um like how would you deal with that would you wait for them to go to bed and then carry on or um yeah it's quite hard working when the kids are around because they just don't leave you alone they obviously don't grasp the concept of mummy's working (laughs) and needs to concentrate so please don't interrupt her it's okay brendan's around because I can say, you just need to take them out or do something. But if I'm on my own with three kids and there's a pitch on, I could I could probably, you know, put a movie on and I'd get an hour to do something. Um, and they're probably, they're getting to the age now, they're playing quite nicely together, but then it will end up in a fight at some point. So I'd probably have, I'd be able to do something, yeah, and then carry on when they were in bed, I think. But if I if it was pre planned, I knew the pitch was going on. I'd probably end up just working and getting childcare cover, yeah, and just plan it better because that's that's just it's not really the ideal solution. I'd rather swap my days that week or or do an extra day or whatever I had to to get it done because working from home with three kids on pitch doesn't really work for me. Yeah, and I guess as well in some ways from from your kids point of view it's not found it, them it's like if yeah. you if you say I'm working today and you're not there and that's them to them yes. it's classed as you're working yeah. then it, it kind of makes sense to them where it's like if you're in the home environment they're like oh you're not yeah, you're exactly. here you're not at work they're like yeah mum hello you are here that's very true and they are getting to the age now where they say mummy can you, you know turn your computer off which I quite like I bet you sit there smiling, don't you? Just like <laughs> I think, well, no, fair enough. You're right. I should turn the computer off, and then they make it's like a real shock to the system. And you think, God, yeah, okay, they're here. I need to be present. You know, they want me to do something, or la 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 la. I don't need to be like on this computer doing stuff that can probably wait till tomorrow. So that kind of jolts me into reality. And then I turn it off, turn it back on, they're in bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like role reversal. They're yeah. the ones who are normally under the covers, like reading a book or like on the iPad. Instead, it's you doing yeah. work. Um, is, what's the biggest family sacrifice you've made for work? Uh, I don't. I, was, I don't think I've really made one. I mean, other than uh, family. Hold on, family, not work. Family, family. No, I don't. 
I haven't made, that hasn't been one. Family comes first. I haven't had to miss anything that they're doing and be at work. I'm sure lots and lots of women have, but I haven't had to. Okay. And have you, what about the other way around? Is there anything that you've had to sacrifice work-wise in order to... Um, well, the only thing that seems springs to mind is like when the kids were younger, they just catch all sorts of viruses and bugs from school and nursery, basically up until they're about four. And I remember catching tonsillitis from Willow and it meant I missed going to this big kind of Omnicom university for the second year in Milan, where you get taught by Harvard business professors. I mean, the learning curve is just insane. You go through all these different case studies. It's with all the kind of senior people within the group. It was a really good bonding experience. And if you miss it, you miss it. It doesn't happen again. It's like one of those once in a lifetime kind of business training. And yeah, I caught a bug, tonsillitis from uh, Willow. It's just so, so ill. And I'm, I missed missed the second year of it so it's just one of those things that's so terrible that you were a little bit gutted I was so gutted so gutted like everyone came back I'd I'd done all the homework so you literally get a book of case studies you have to read about eight case studies and they're about ten pages long each because you know that in this lecture these Harvard professors fire questions at you what do you think about that what do you think about this so I was all kind of like ready to go and then everyone came back on the leadership team that had done it and they were talking about it and you just had massive FOMO and I missed out. But yeah, I was just, I was gutted, but there's not much I could have done about it. No, if you're ill, you're ill. You're ill, you're and ill. You might have, might have caught that from someone else. Yeah, yeah who knows? Might not have been me like No, she did, have, she did have tonsillitis, <laughs> so I'm blaming her. <laughs> um, what would you say about having kids has changed your career for the better? Um, Is there anything that's... I think I've kind of said that because I was going to say change, having kids has made me realise that I want to work where I want to work, what type of business I want to work for. Okay. I kind of said that earlier, didn't I, about um, being around like-minded people, creative environment feeling inspired because otherwise I'd rather be at home with them yeah because do you think before that then you were maybe questioning what you was doing or uh, did you feel like it's focused you more yeah I think so I mean you do go through the the up and down spikes throughout I think anyone does in their job like you know do I want to be doing this do I want to kind of branch off into this area what am I doing la 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 do I want to I've worked for PR agency I've worked for media I've worked for kind of creative and now kind of content and throughout the period it has kind of given me focus of what type of agency I'm best suited in and where I'm happiest because I want to be happy when I come to work I want to be in an environment that I love because I love being at home with my kids as well so it made me realize that you know content creative is kind of the area that I feel home from home if you see what I mean yeah and would you say you've made any other like sacrifices like socially or anything like that because like for instance I've read um, Karen Brady's book and yeah. she says that in order to succeed you need to have literally like a focus and so her focus was work and family and anything that didn't tick those boxes or was in that column it was like not interested 
doing that. No, so that, that's not me. So <laughs> I've always, once or twice, I don't really go out at the weekends. So at the weekends, I'm with the kids. I'm not kind of, well, I might be seeing friends with the kids, but I'm not out drinking at weekends at all. It's just the way our social life kind of worked. So I always go out once or twice a week. So maybe on a Tuesday, not like out out all night, but I see my friends on a Tuesday or a Thursday. Um, and that's really important to me because I just, I need that kind of interaction. I love communicating and talking, dissecting and analysing stuff. And as much as I love my children, we're not at that stage yet where we're analysing and talking about loads of stuff. So I like to kind of go out and socialise with my friends and just have that release yeah. with my mates. And sometimes I don't go out in the week, but sometimes if I do, it's, it's one night and sometimes it's two. But I think, you know, the kids will be like, oh, you're not home tonight, mummy. And I call them, obviously, every night when I'm on my way home anyway. And they say, are you coming home tonight? And I'll be like, no, I'm seeing my friend today. And sometimes Cassie gets upset, like, oh, mummy, come home. And I think I would literally be home in her world every single night, putting her to bed. And so it does make me feel a bit guilty sometimes. But I think actually... It's important that she sees the importance of having friendships. Yeah. And how, you know, that mummy does prioritise her friends as well and that they're important to me and that sometimes I have to do things that I want to do as well. So I have a glass of wine and then I forget about the guilt. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's fair enough though. Like you said, it's as much as as much as it is for you, it's a learning example of how of how the world works. Um I think that's really good. And does does Brandon do the same? Or? No, he doesn't really. He doesn't really like kind of going. He he's a kind of um, extreme guy. So he's not one of these people that might go out once a week. He'd be one of these people who goes out once a month and then doesn't come home. Like yeah, literally, goes blowout. he goes for massive blowouts. Whereas I'll go for a few glasses of wine and be home by ten. He'd just be home at ten in the morning because he's just gone crazy mad. And and we're just different like that. I'm little and often, and he's not very often and like goes larger I think that's um, men <laughs> men yeah without wanting to be um, stereotypical about it but they tend to I don't know I feel like they they appreciate their friends but obviously they're not as gossipy as women whereas no. we have that need don't we to yeah. keep on top of things and yeah. have those conversations for our sanity yes. whereas I feel like men are just like oh you'll be like oh don't you want to go and see your friends like almost like go out with your friends why won't you go out with your friends and they're just like oh no it's like yeah it's 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 fine I saw him last month yeah he's quite a home person as well he just he likes you know some people like just home people call them innies and outies whereas I'm I'm an outie I like to go out yeah and they I've got friends that are innies and they like socializing in their houses whereas I'm like well, can we just go to a restaurant or a bar? Do we don't come around to my house? I don't want to do that. I think I spent enough time in my house. I like kind of getting out, and he just he likes hanging around at home. So yeah, we're just a bit different in that respect. So the friends that you're that you meet up with are they generally um, friends that've got kids, not got kids, or are they in a similar situation to you? Yeah, they're mainly kind of people I work with or have worked with in the past uh it's split really some have kids some don't um we don't we're not kind of sometimes we're talking about the kids it's probably more you know talking about relationships or it's talking about work actually and 
talking just stuff like that. We're not um, not really massively having conversation about the children unless there's something kind of that we want to get off our chest and stuff like that. It's just general chit chat, to be honest. Yeah, and would you say that your friendships have changed since? Yeah, having children. Or... Yeah, it did. I was really close to one girl, and she had twins as well, actually. But her twins were were born a lot uh, earlier than mine. They were born at twenty six weeks. So she had um, lots of issues with the twins. They were in hospital for a hundred days and stuff like that. And because I had my twins and a, a toddler our worlds just became worlds apart and we just didn't really have time to see each other. She was in her own world of, you know, pain with these premature babies and I was in my world of kind of working and having three kids. So we kind of drifted apart and then I just ended up being really close to my the NCT friends. They, they lived locally. We'd kind of hang out as well, you know, got to know each other and our kids got to know each other because we'd meet up often and stuff like that. So my kind of relationships went through a period of a little bit of change and now they've come back round again. So although I'm still friends with my NCT girlfriends, the girl that I used to kind of go out and have lots of fun with, she's kind of, we found time for each other again because all our twins are kind of, grown up and they're a bit older and you can actually put yourself first and and find time so that's been nice I guess as well because you've got that mutual understanding it, yeah it, it doesn't really affect it too much no exactly I mean it was it didn't become an issue I mean don't get me wrong we still stayed in contact and I think we we reflect now and say god how crazy were our lives like we literally if you look at pictures of us five years ago having lots of fun and then us now it's a very different story but we both get that it was no one's fault for us drifting apart it was just circumstances yeah and how busy we were and literally you can't think about anything else then just getting through the day sometimes when the kids are really young so obviously it's a very different story now yeah um and do you think having children is one of the biggest things that is holding women back career-wise, um, particularly in this industry, but also other industries as well? I don't know. I don't think. I don't think it is at all. I think I know there's loads of successful women who have got kids in the industry. I mean, literally loads. So I don't think that's the reason. I think maybe the reason why women are less successful is probably a lack of confidence mm-hmm. I think women kind of have this imposter syndrome of am I good enough can I say that did I say the wrong thing can I push myself forward for that promotion you know I think men are much use more confident language and are much better at self-promoting themselves and I think if we just had belief in ourselves and a bit more confidence, I think you'd see more women in more senior positions. Okay. And you don't think part of that like confidence barrier comes from having a family, for instance, because you do have to kind of, in terms of like imposter syndrome and stuff, it's like, oh, well, I know that I've got to be able to get home, so I'll hold myself back from putting myself forward for that. Or do you see what I mean? Yeah. Uh, no, not really. I mean, I think you just need to, like having kids, if anything, should give you more confidence you know you've got these three or two or one beautiful children at home and it makes me like it 
feel more confident about myself. I'm juggling this, I'm juggling that, you know, I can do anything. And I don't think people should feel like that. I think they should just own whatever they want to leave at five or if, they, if they've got to be part-time or they've got to leave and pick the kids up. I think it's about having confidence, owning it, know that you'll still get the job done, know that you're still worthy of whatever pr- promotion or role that you want to be put forward for. And if you believe in yourself, then other people will. That's, that's a great summary. Um, so I'm going to do a quick fire. You're like, oh God. Oh God. <laughs> um, so I get home for dinner. Yes. <laughs> great, that's a good one. Um, since becoming a mum, I... Oh, um... Oh, it's supposed to be quick fire. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that quick, it's fine. Uh, since becoming a mum, I have become very busy. <laughs> Um, I'm happiest when I am cuddling my three beautiful baby girls. Um, Being successful means? Having confidence, being driven and believing in yourself. Um, The industry could help parents by? Flexi hours. um, Yeah, totally just allowing women to have that flexibility that they need, that work-life balance, part-time, working from home, stuff like that. That's good. And if there's one piece of advice you could give to a new parent trying to juggle a career, what would it be? I think just don't stress about it. I think, um, you know, just do what you need to do. If you need to be at home for a period of time, you know, taking the full 12 months, take the full 12 months. If you need to come back part-time, come back part-time. I think just really don't worry about your career. Like with, with maternity leave, I think people rush back because they think that if they're missing out and you know, the industry would have moved on or that your bosses would have forgotten how great you are. And actually, as soon as you're back after two weeks, people, like, it's nothing's changed. Yeah, Nothing it's all the same. ever changed. It's all the same. So take that time out to just, you know, be with your children and, uh, you know, get over, kind of like, go through those young, early years with your child. And, and your career will always be there for you, I think. So just take your time to put yourself and your kids first. That was a Pro Mum podcast. Special thanks to Natasha for speaking to me today. The music on this podcast is called Good Morning and credit goes to the composer um, Audio Binger. If you'd like to be featured on Pro Mum or know someone who would who would, then please get in touch at the Pro Mum website.